So before we get started, we just want to say how excited we are that Red Light Rising are sponsoring the School of Calisthenics podcast. These guys have got some awesome tech, which comes with a whole host of health and performance benefits that is backed up by some really solid science. Myself and Tim have always been interested in ways that we can improve our health and our wellness, and we've been enjoying using the Red Light therapy that James and Brian have developed at Red Light Rising to help improve our recovery and performance. They're also releasing a series of articles on their blog to help improve your immunity during this difficult time, looking at things to improve circadian rhythm, fasting protocols, cold water therapy, heat therapy, as well as obviously the red light therapy itself. So these guys are giving out some amazing information, which is really useful during this time. And if you're interested in finding out more about red light therapy, head over to the website, check out the blogs. And because they're nice, generous guys, they've also given a 5% offer to School of Calisthenics podcast listeners of any of their red light therapy products. So if you want to check those out, and you want to bag yourself a little bit of a bargain, just use code SOC5 at checkout and enjoy 5% off better health and immunity. Just go to redlightrising.co.uk to find out more information or to see what the guys have got going on social just search red light rising on your favorite channel on to the podcast welcome to the school of calisthenics podcast with your hosts tim and jacko Yes, we are back with more inspirational and encouraging stories from you, the community, with part three of the More Than Muscle Ups podcast series. So today we are going to hear three very inspirational and encouraging stories, all slightly different from Brett, Tom and Shane. Uh, three guys from the community of the School of Science reached out and wanted to share their story after hearing uh, episodes one and two of the More Than Muscle Up series. And we really hope that you find in great encouragement and inspiration as we did from speaking to these guys uh, on the podcast. So sit back, relax and enjoy the community on the School of Science podcast. <laughs> First up for you, we have Brett Manders uh, from Australia, and he has been uh, inspired by his daughter and sent us a photo of him and his daughter uh, doing a handstand. His daughter's even just looking over at him, and he has a beautiful story about how that started his uh, his love of calisthenics and the challenges that he's overcome on the way towards doing something like a handstand. Uh, here is Brett. It's just one of those things, you know, like, you know, when you've got little kids, they think daddy can do everything. And she would just be doing handstands all the time and said, hey, can you do one? And I thought, oh, I'll give it a try. And it's actually a lot harder than, you know, with all the blood rushing to your head. And I just <laughs> sure. pra- practiced it when no one else was around just to, and then, yeah. I, I did it that one time and my wife ran out, ran over and took it, snapped the photo and <laughs> my daughter's obviously a lot more comfortable upside down because she's looking at me while <laughs> yeah, like my great, legs are. It's a great photo. You get yeah. that thing, don't you? Is when you, when we were kids, we had no issue with going upside down like your daughter, but then all of a sudden we forget to, we're somewhere between sort of probably like 14 and whenever you decide you want to start again, typically maybe for me it was probably like late third, late, late twenties, um, 
early thirties, and you, you all of a sudden realize that your brain has got scared somehow. Um, yeah, you didn't used to have any fear, and then you go into adult life, and you don't push yourself into these different situations and movement patterns and environments anymore, and and all of a sudden fear creeps in and. I, I, I really love snowboarding. When I see little kids just like riding rails and, and doing jumps like it's nothing. And I, and I look at a, a box, which is half like 30 centimeters off the ground. And it should just ride over it. I'm like, oh, but what if I fall off? I'm scared of it. And it's just a, uh, yeah. that's one of the things I like about calisthenics that you actually it's exposes back to some of the sense of play that we had so freely when we were kids that we just didn't used to think about it, which is one of the things that we just did. Yeah. And look, I, to be honest, like even going back to primary school, like I remember, kids and I just remember them saying they were doing calisthenics and it might have been a couple of girls that were doing it and I just thought it was like dancing or something and just never never really uh, followed what calisthenics was and then I, I saw someone in the gym doing a muscle up and I thought man that looks really cool and of course did 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 research and that's how that's how I got it found you guys and just started listening to the podcast and and this this guy just he never did any weights in the gym and but you could tell he was quite strong but just some of the things he could do just muscle ups and um levers and stuff and just really really strong and I thought oh he doesn't lift any weights but he looks really strong if if you see someone who can do just like really controlled push uh pull-ups or something like that that there's a different kind of strength um and so that's that's what really resonates with me it's not all about um swinging massive weights with you know poor technique and stuff like that and and with doing the stuff like the handstands it's something I can share with a nine-year-old daughter um which is good fun and she thinks it's hilarious when dad tries and (laughs) tries, tries to do things and lands on his face yeah it's 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 really I really love the fact that um you were just inspired by someone else in your gym doing, you know, calisthenics comes from two Greek words, kalos and stenos, which means beauty and strength. And what you're saying is effectively, he was like, like those that well-controlled pullets, it's like beautiful strength and moving beautifully. And, and you can tell that it's requires strength. And I think yeah. that's really cool rather than a lot of the time it's, you know, we've seen someone, uh, someone like Frank Medrano or, you know, one of these like mega stars of the calisthenics world. Whereas I think it's really cool when it's someone that literally right there in front of you in your own gym, just yeah. being that inspiration for you. One yeah. thing I did want to ask you about is just to go back when you said that, um, we do that handstand with your daughter. He said, you'd, you'd practice when no one else was around to like, just tell us a bit about the, so what, like, obviously there's something mentally going on there around not wanting to, fall over in front of other people or look silly or what was what was the reason for that and then what have you what have you learned as part of that process obviously there's some level of fear or something going on yeah I mean the first thing is the fear you just you you obviously don't kick up hard enough to get your feet up and you always you do it against the wall just so you've got something to stop you going over the top and and then it was just getting and, and doing it just because I didn't want to embarrass myself in front of anyone and I wanted to show to her that I could do it. Like it's just a different, using different muscles um, and just wanted that safety of the wall and I'm starting to get better at and just today it was a, a nice afternoon and while we were walking the dog we were trying to do handstands on the grass and that way it was fine. You could fall over and have a laugh like you've got to be able to do that and and now I'm probably not as concerned about it like I'll try and do some things like um 
levers and uh, skin in the cat and stuff, and you can you know that people are looking in, at you in the gym, going, "What is this turkey doing?" That's because you also want to be able to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. That's normally it. They're jealous. What do what? Because often they'll see you, and it's like you're having quite. It looks like you're having fun with you doing. But what what would you say? Because I'm sure there'll be other people listening. We've all been in that boat before, where. We're a bit embarrassed, or we're not sure. That it might not be, but it could be embarrassment, or it could be some other reason, some other block that's stopping us from trying to do a handstand or skin the cow, whatever it may be. What would what would you say to somebody that was on that sort of periphery, that like they're a bit being held back by something to, to like stopping them getting started? Oh, it'd be it'd really depend, Jacko. I'd, I'd say one or two things. One, I'd try and convince them that I was like an extra tired Olympic gymnast, and I was just like recovering from an injury. But um, <laughs> in reality, I'd just say, "Hey, look, I, I saw this, and like a lot of the things you see is stuff on social media, and you go, hey, 'Hey, you will see other people trying to do something similar, um, maybe later on, and you just.'" try and strike up a conversation like um i don't go to the gym with headphones because when you're flipping upside down they'd fall out anyway and and i yeah probably i i'm not worried if i do i'm conscious of not hurting myself but if i do fall over or stuff like i'll put mats down so if i do land it's not a a spectacular crash there's a bit of padding there but and i just say hey look i saw this and this is what i'm trying to do and you get people go oh that that looks interesting and um yeah, just say, tell them to give it a try. You obviously still play around with your handstands a little bit. And I, I like how you said that that's something you were doing while you're walking the dog. I think that's one of the beautiful things about yeah. handstands. And and for me, when people say, what's my favorite part of calisthenics? It, it's that because once you've learned to do a handstand, you can do it anywhere. Um, it's fun. It's, it never gets boring. But there's all, also lots of other progressions you can do with it. So it never really stops giving. Um, yeah. So as you say, some of the other stuff sometimes you need to you need a bar to hang from or, or whatever. But what else are you working on? And, and if you were to sort of um, if we were to ask you what you, which which of the impossibles are you trying to redefine? Um, what are you sort of working on? Which feels like it's going to be it's, it's a bit of a stretch, but you're committed to to trying to conquer it. Uh, it's it's got to be trying to do a muscle up. Like they're just like I can I can do the pull ups no problem. It's just getting that transition bit. Brett, one question I want to ask you, um, since you started calisthenics, is there sort of two or three things that have been really significant for you that have changed or the, the, what the sort of, what does the benefits or what does calisthenics represent to you? The main things that, um, that you get from, from now training in this way. Um, look, it's something that you can, you don't necessarily need a gym. You can, you know, again, walking, walking the dog and the, the daughter, like sometimes there'll be a playground and you can go and flip around on the monkey bars and stuff like that. Like, and the going to the gym, sometimes it, it can get boring just lifting weights. And there's only, you see a lot of people who try and lift weights that are beyond their capability and really swing with momentum. And, um, and it's just something really different and really interesting. And you're always going to have your body weight with you to work with. Um, and it's just, and I travel, I travel or I did travel a lot for work. Um, so you can't always get access to good gyms, but you can always walk around and see, you know, um, bus stops. You could do pull-ups or um, stop signs for a flat human flag or something like that. It's just, and 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 I, you feel stronger like when you can do it on your own. Like swinging a dumbbell can get boring after a while. Not not to say that it, it it's 
I wouldn't do it again, but it, it's just something else that you can add to what, what you're doing. Next up, meet Tom, who shares his story of discovering the School of Calisthenics and, and us being able to help him through a period of time where he was transitioning away from being able to do the sports that he previously loved, uh, battling with depression, but having come out of the, the other side of that with a very, very positive uh, and encouraging and inspiring effect and story to share with you guys now of the benefits that he has had of utilizing calisthenics and trying to help others battle depression as well. So please meet Tom Stevens on the School Calisthenics Podcast. And so tell us where sort of like where you've come from in terms of the time before um, you sort of got into thinking about calisthenics or stumbled across two idiots on Instagram looking like they <laughs> <laughs> try to do a couple of bits. Who are you talking about? <laughs> oh, well, um, I'll try and keep it brief. Um, so it, it kind of started, uh, say, at school and through university. I did a lot of sports. So I know you guys played a bit of rugby and... I did as well. No, nowhere near to the standard that you guys were at. County trials and that was it. Um, but at school, I got involved in lots of different sports. And one of those was was, was volleyball. Um, and through doing that, I got involved in the England cadets. And then that, that, that in itself took me off to university. We trained full time as well as doing our degrees. And eventually, um, I, had a, I had a brief spell at, at playing professionally in Belgium. Um, so I'd always loved just moving around and all that sort of stuff. So when I came back from Belgium, back to the UK, I'd done my degree, didn't know what I wanted to do and all that sort of stuff. And it felt like I'd just fallen off a cliff, if you know what I mean. When you, when you kind of stop playing at that high level, there's kind of nowhere else to go. So since stopping that, I've been kind of looking for something that um, keeps me active. Um, but I, I love the technical side of stuff as well. I like to know how things work. Um and I, then I fell into martial arts and I did Taekwondo for a few years and I managed to get to black belt, which is just unbelievable. Um, for me, anyway, been, you know, in volleyball terms, I'm the short, fat one, by the way. That's kind of how that works. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, in, in that time, um, I guess we had kids and moved house, got various jobs, didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then um, I came down with depression, end of 18, beginning of 19 which was brutal. It absolutely knocked me for six. Um, and in that time, I spent a lot of time on YouTube just looking at um, blokes with depression. Is it normal? Am I the only one that's, that's getting it? Um, and oddly, the relief was it's it's quite common. Um, and I was in a bit of a kind of uh, rock and a hard place because they say, take your rest, slow down, all that sort of stuff. But I like to keep moving, so I had this kind of thing going on. That it's just, I need to move around. Mm-hmm. Um so I kind of played around with Instagram and social media. I'm not really I'm a bit of a chronic introvert at the best of times, um, but found, um, what's his name? Frank Madrano. Yeah, yeah. Some of his stuff. He, I don't know what he's made of, but flipping out, he, <laughs> he can do some sort of stuff. Um, and then, so I started following people like him because I was, I liked all of that high level stuff because I've been involved in it. But, being involved in it, you don't do any of it yourself. You, you looked after all the time. And I thought, well, crikey, I've got to do it myself. It's just, I don't know if I can cope with that. <laughs> um, 
So then that's, you know, following his links and just coming across various people. That's where I bumped into you. And it's like, like I said in the email, it was, it was just something different about how you went about it. That just kind of made it accessible and not all about getting ripped. Um, Cause I thought I can't, so for example, I can't play volleyball again and just have fun because the compet- the old competitiveness comes back and I, you know, um, and I'm not fit enough to do that yet. So I'll try I know I'll try and do stuff and the shoulder will pop or something like that. And I, you know, it'll be the end of the game. Um, so when I came across yours and I, I think I pulled out the handstand, uh, the, uh, guide that you did. Um, and I think the thing around it was, it was just cause I thought you guys were really humble in, in the way that you were talking about it. And it wasn't about gains. It, it wasn't about sort of looking good. And it wasn't about, um, you, you weren't saying anything sort of derogatory about other providers, you know, which I, I see a lot of in, 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 around like, you know, here's why you're not getting fit. Here's why you're not losing fat. You've got to do it my way. And that wasn't there, which is kind of good because I like to eat. And, you know, <laughs> the six pack is, is still at Amazon as far as I'm concerned. I'm still waiting for that. <laughs> but um yeah so uh, listening to you guys and how you, you you were sort of going about it just kind of made it accessible to me and because i was i felt in a vulnerable place um it didn't feel like i was going to get judged if i couldn't do an lc you know what i mean even though, you know yeah. i know it's odd because i'm looking at a phone and all that sort of thing um so but that's a big piece about our self-worth though isn't it like yeah. if, you, if you try and do something and then um somebody will like you, you'll feel that oh like that person who's communicating that, me- that that message or that exercise is making this sound like it's really simple and of course everyone can do it and that's one of the big things that we sort of wanted to do when we first started it is just be nice to people like everyone's on their own journey everyone's just trying to trying to do something and, and everyone's going to start with different like histories different training backgrounds different aspirations and everybody deserves encouraging within that regardless of whether you are knocking on Frank Madrano's door or whether you're yeah. literally trying to kind of just hang on a bar for the first time so yeah. yeah that's awesome from our perspective that you felt like that because that's you know it's, there's, a, there's a big thing for us of going like you know you read what you're so right so if we're going to put that out into the world that people actually feel that and then report it back I and mean, it doesn't we don't always get told that so it, yeah, it does yeah. like it's a big thing for us yeah it's cool I mean the the first exercise I tried to kind of I think you know like when you build Ikea furniture you give it a go and then when you fail you look at the instructions that's kind of what I did with yeah. the, the handstand guide and I you know it's a tr- beautiful way of explaining calisthenics <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I think doing the, the the frog stand and to be fair I'm still at that at that stage but to move from sort of uh seeing how long it takes to fall over to seeing how long it takes you can stay up i don't know if that makes sense because you're you're just trying to curl your toes up so don't touch the floor and all that sort of thing (laughs) um even that i mean my my kids will tell you that that they'll just i get really excited by staying up for like 20 seconds on a frog stand and my kids are just rolling their eyes like yeah whatever like let me play Fortnite (laughs) or something um and then even moving on to you know, the uh, feet against the wall, walking up and up and down and kind of hold it for a split second. Um, and when I did that for the first time, that was like your whole life flashes before you. And you, <laughs> you, you kind of think you're there for days, don't you? And then yeah, yeah. Um, you blink and it's over. And I was running around the house going, did anyone see that? Did anyone see that? <laughs> um, so there was, there was a real sort of, um, 
I guess joy, fun, and like and achievement with it as well. Um, and I think for me, it's it's that thing of it's like really personal. So it's your own pace that you can go at. Um, and one of the things you know, talk about my own mental well-being was, was just slowing down and doing less. And the big lesson I've I've learned from calisthenics is you. you <laughs> And I've read it in some of your blogs and stuff, is you can't rush it. Your, your body's just not going to let you. And in some ways, it's it's slowed me down to the pace I need to go at in, in life in general anyway. Because um, when I first started the handstand thing, I was I was doing it every day and, and just feeling weird. And I thought, well, I feel like my arms are getting bigger, but my biceps are getting smaller. What's going Not there's a lot of movement in there, you know. Um, so that was a, a big lesson, really. Um, just to slow down more more than anything. And the other thing I really enjoyed um, was just your approach around community as well and not competitiveness, you know, and I think that comes back to how your original approach in the sense of being accessible to me, um, it meant there's there's people, because I watch your your videos and you fly up and down on the the muscle-ups and you hang on the flag and stuff like that, and I think there's there's no way, and I've seen other guys do that before. But when I've seen clips of your um, your retreats and the snippets of other people doing it with all the they're all at different levels and stuff like that, yeah. that, that that's really encouraging to me because it's either start calisthenics and straight into a muscle up. That's the initial impression you get. But when you see people at different stages, then that's really reassuring for for me. And the fact that you've got a community and you talk about it in that kind of way and all being together is is um, about sharing experiences and stuff is is really helpful. And I think personally, whilst I haven't got in, involved in sort of any chat on that side online with it, what it's what it's done for me in terms of helping me understand to slow down is look at my own little community, and that for me is. is family so my wife and two kids so working long hours and all that sort of stuff um so i'm just gonna stop you there uh, mate just can you just say that bit again because we lost a little bit i just want 100 make sure we get that on the audio okay. so just go from like you encourage to start by looking at your own your own small community just do that bit again because oh yeah I, I, I think we'll have it but i just want to make sure yeah so um when i say my my own small community i mean just just looking at, at my own family um because working long hours and just seeing the kids when they're grumpy when they wake up and just seeing them then grumpy when you put them to bed um, wasn't really any quality of life. Um, so why well, helping me slow down physically is helping me become more aware of the time that I spend with those guys. But because it's, I, I have to go slow, so I, I bought some of those, um, what are they called, the parallettes. Um, and to begin with, I could barely like hold my own weight because bit tubby in that so it was hurting my hands and what have you to start off with but it meant the the kids and my wife could get involved and we had a laugh with it as well and I think it's just helped to bring a bit of connection and something that we can all do together even if it's at different paces um and for me it's taken away that competitive side of stuff because you know if my lad asked me to play mario kart i'm gonna smash him that's my old sole objective <laughs> uh, you know he's 13 now but um I, I haven't got much chance now he's had a bit more gaming experience than i than i ever have um but 
I notice when I get competitive, like the, you know, the vision narrows and all that sort of stuff. So it's really nice to kind of not be there anymore and, and, and spend time in this way. Um, so yeah, it, it, it helps in that sense. It sounds like not only that the the whole community feel has made has gone and made you like just see how the how are you interacting with your small community effectively your family around you but that there's some level of um encouragement but then also comfort knowing even though you're not necessarily plugging into that community um directly uh, in terms of the school car sense community but just knowing that there's other people there like supporting each other you feel almost supported and encouraged without actually voicing and, and speaking to him. Is that? Yeah, that's a it. Bit of that? The sense that you're not alone in it all. Um, I think even when I'm sort of flicking through Facebook and stuff, there's, there's, there's people with the tops off saying you need to do this. This is why you're not doing that and all sorts of stuff. And the focus is on just the individual, but with, with you guys and knowing there's a community out there, it's, it's almost like a lifelong relationship um in a funny kind of way so even though i don't train all the time and i just do it when i'm i feel able to or feel good about it it, it's that sort of lifelong companion you can keep going back to and you can always see an achievement even if you you know what i mean you can yeah yeah. like um my i've gone above horizontal on my l sits and what i've learned is you don't celebrate while she's still on the parallel bar things because she's wobbles (laughs) like crazy um (laughs) But, you know, if I haven't done that for a while and I go back to it, then it's just the little things just feel really big, you know, when, yeah. when, when you achieve them. Um, but, yeah, the, the fact it's kind of always there and it's not a competition. I am not aiming for an event or nothing. Um, and seeing some of the older guys do it as well, like some of these 80-year-old Russians doing <laughs> the horizontal thing that you do, you know, it's just crazy. And it, it's reassuring as well that you, there's something there that's, that you can have however old you are I think it's really good really really sure anyway yeah, that's awesome I think there's like there's a, there's a lot in there that you said that's like it's just really, really encouraging really, and, yeah. and one thing that's quite uh, which is encouraging for us to hear I think is sometimes people get in touch and there's there's other apps and, and systems where it's about like a leaderboard and like um, Freeletics is one of those for example it's like uh-huh. how many pull-ups push-ups and dips can you do and you can literally compete against everybody in the world and um, you're right in that for a lot of some people really need that motivation but it depends on what they want out of their training really but like what's a real surefire way to make you feel like you're like not that good is to go up against people it's all, like jack always says no matter how much i have a back squat when we used to do back squat there'll be some like there'll be an olympic lifter in the world somewhere who like warms up on that like and we'll do like <laughs> 20 reps but because it's always that but like pitching myself against those people like with calisthenics like you say that the, the value of it being such more focused on me and what i can do if we can get to that rather than feeling like i've got to go and compete against everybody else and then how am i going to beat those people by training more and put myself under more pressure your approach of actually feeling like you can dial that back to be more about like self and your own sort of progression, your the value that you get from it and how it enhances your life is actually really encouraging because loads of the, the the industry will push us towards that competition. We need a leaderboard. Yeah. Like who can do the best on this week's challenge of the week? Well, actually, like it's not it's not about that for everybody. There's a surefire way to get injured as well as yeah. trying to do something, and then because then it, that just ties nicely into what we've 
been saying for a while around that sort of investing in your physical pension and going what are you what are you going to be because you mentioned like the old guys there like what if you absolutely destroy yourself when you're 30 40 there's no chance when you're 50 60 70 that you'd be able to do do that stuff so yeah no that's be it will be uh well well received within the community i'm sure so I've got one question. I finished, and I don't know if you if you read much, but I finished a book called Spark by Dr. John Ratty. It's about how exercise um, impacts the brain. And there's like different sections on it, but there's one about depression. Um, and there's some really interesting, it's quite detailed, quite brain, like neuroscience heavy, talks about lots of different neurotransmitters and complicated names. And it, it takes a bit of reading, but the sections aren't too long, but there's, it's the, the prescription around exercise in terms of treating depression is becoming or should be much, much more sort of prevalent than what it is. And, and whereas I medical system will be often quite quick to prescribe medication the research suggesting that that exercise and particularly like he he talks about cardiovascular exercise is um is a real sort of like a powerful antidepressant how have you found like that balance because obviously you said some of the the, the suggestions was to slow down do less and rest well, if you read his book, that's probably the worst thing you can do because it just, your world will close in on you. He's like, you've got to get on the front foot a little bit and, and move your body because of the the sort of the, the chemical re, um, response that you get from training. Just have you, Is there anything around that that sort of rings true for you in terms of when you choose to move, when you're not feeling in a great place mentally? I, I, I completely agree with that. I think, um, although I would say it, it, there was probably like a couple of stages to it, and I'm by no means a medical person in, in any stretch. So, for example, when I when I was first sent home with it, you had that initial crash. It was just pure rest, and that's that's kind of what I needed. Um, and for weeks, I you know I, I ate very little, didn't have much strength, and it was a struggle to walk and get out of bed and all that sort of stuff. But since getting you know being on a more even keel, if you like, um, certainly going out for long walks. Or you know, um, I've, I've oddly met more people since I've had depression than I did beforehand. You know, talking about what what works. So you know, a few new mates have taken us out for long walks by a canal or wherever it is, um, and it it almost feels counterintuitive to what your body's telling you to do. It's sort of saying, "You're down, sit down, do nothing, close the curtains," and you feel like that's what that's 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 it. And the hardest thing is to step out the door, but once you're out, then it's, it is the best thing in the world, you know, just, just doing something. Um, and you get on a bit of a high almost, um, even if, you know, even if it's raining or whatever, just to be out of the house and moving around and just looking up and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I, I, I would completely agree with that. Um, and I think the other thing with it as well, sorry, I was going to mention about some of the stuff that you guys do when you're talking about just, just play around it. Um, for me, it's kind of as adults, how often do you get the chance to play? Um, unless you're like me, you say, I'll, I'll take the kids to the jungle gym this week. Don't worry about that. And I'll yeah. kind of bomb around after them. Um, but I, I remember when I was still in my volleyball days, someone asked me, what do you do for fun? And I couldn't answer them because volleyball wasn't fun. It was a job. Um, and I think it's only now with a family and with using exercise in a way that in, interests me and stimulates my um, desire to understand how things work. I don't want to go off to uni and study it. I just kind of want to know how I want someone else to tell me how it works and then I can I give it a go. Um, but to muck about with it and play, which is you can do with kids as well, is it, it's that kind of relational family community thing, again, in the interacting with other people. 
um, which which helps with, with with depression because sitting on your own, stewing in your own thoughts is is from experience the worst thing you could do because things just escalate. Um, and before that happens, when you're just chatting to people or playing about, you kind of forget where you are, and you you just you just have fun, and it and it lightens the mood. And the thing that was preying on your mind is actually less of a weight than it would have otherwise been if you just sat down. I think the thing for us is like a lot of stuff you said. I'm guessing I think it's the same thing we're going through Jacko's mind around like this 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 holistic picture of wellness is it's yes, there's a physical, but there's also the community. There's a sense of mindfulness through play. There's getting outdoors in nature. There's, it's just like, it's so multifaceted. And that, and that's where I think the, the point they made at the start about people saying on, on, in fitness, are you doing it wrong? Do it my way. My way is the right way. Well, that makes me think that you think that you've got all the answers and you haven't. And it's, yeah. it's not one thing. There isn't one thing. Calisthenics is not the only thing that you need to do. There's other stuff that needs to go with it. What we think calisthenics serves as is a vehicle to attach quite a few of those things together. And that's where the power comes with it because yeah. it's by nature of it, there's a community. There's the opportunity to go and get outside. There's opportunity to play. You can get strong. You'd get these, overcome these barriers that you don't think you can do by achieving something new. And there's a mindfulness sense of it. And you go, that's just cool. That's just a lot of, you know, a lot of bang for your book by training calisthenics, but it's bigger than whether you've got massive muscles and absolutely shredders or not. Mm. But that's just because we're getting fluffy in our old age, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think it's, it's, um, it isn't a, a massive commitment and it's something that you can do in your own time. And I think another thing is there's no, there's no pressure with it. There's no pressure to reach a certain level. There's no pressure to kind of look a certain way or anything like that. Um, and it's almost as though the 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 product of doing all the calisthenics is just a byproduct of it. Um, yeah. Certainly, I, that's how I kind of feel look, yeah. going looking at your stuff. Um, and it's the kind of more the, the, the social and the sort of personal growth that goes with it that you don't realise is happening um, until I can sort of. I don't know, unscrew that difficult jar lid without thinking about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, it's just to let you know as well, one of the things since getting, getting poorly that I got involved in at work was trying to raise awareness about mental health and stuff like that. Um, and that got a bit of a, uh, a profile and, you know, we, we did kind of personal profiles and put them out at work and things like that. Um, and a lot of people started coming forward and saying the same stuff about, you know, get out and get active or get together with other people, forming groups, all that sort of stuff. And it's a real variety as well. So when you said that, you know, you see people on the internet and they go, you've got to do it this way. What's the highway? Because I know everything. It's almost that we're, we, we achieve what's right for us, in my view, by, by tapping into something that works for us when it works for us. Yeah. Um, as individuals, do you know what I mean? And then, and what you guys do in terms of building a community—it's almost it is about calisthenics, but it's kind of yeah, like you said, the whole the whole package as well, which which I I, I really works for me anyway. So that's cool. And finally, meet Shane, who's been through life-changing injuries as a result of um, an accident where he had a very bad head injury and broke most of the bones in his body. 
He's inspired by all of you guys out there, has an encouraging story. He's only part of the way through his rehabilitation, but wants to use calisthenics as the vehicle to help him improve his quality of life post this uh, terrible injury that he sustained. And uh, he's here to share his story with you now. Meet Shane. Where was I was working on a roof and the, the roof kind of collapsed and I fell from maybe about three and a half meter high. And then that caused um, fractures to the head, eye socket, fractures to the neck, fractures to the back, fractures to the shoulder, fractures to the rib, ribs, to broken wrist. So I went with a good bang. Crikey. And, and how long were you sort of hospitalized for? I was in hospital for five months. Crikey. Wow. I was in like an induced, medical induced coma for about three months. Oh really? All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was when you came round from that. Then how uh, I can imagine. Well, I can I can barely imagine. But and I, you know, you heard my story of my head injury, but it was nothing as as severe as that. Like how how were you in the when you first came round and sort of trying to get? It was it was hard because I had uh, something called a track a tracky tracheostomy. Mm. Is it? Yeah. Like a, a breathing tube in. So I couldn't talk. I couldn't eat. I couldn't drink or nothing. It was it was really hard. So to actually wake up, you had all your family around you and you couldn't talk because of this tracky thing. And it was, it was really weird, really hard. <clears throat> what was the process like, Shane, after that, when you sort of obviously woke up, came around, and then it's a, a period of time of, of just getting back to some level of baseline um, uh, yeah. sort of wellness, I guess, and, and, and mobility yeah. through physio and rehabilitation? Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of physio involved. Um and listening to every word they said, because I was adamant that I wanted to be back out for Christmas. So it happened June the 19th. And then I was in Queen's Medical Centre for about three, four months. Um, and lots of physio there. Then I went to City Hospital, to Linden Lodge. It's like a rehab kind of area. And that's a lot of physio-based stuff as well. So it was just trying to move and trying to... All my calves have all seized up. I've had Botox in my calves to help move them. Mm, yeah. um, I've had all sorts. And where, where are you up to? Where are you up to now? Well, I'm walking. I'm talking. I'm I'm almost back to normal, but it's a, it's a new normal. Yeah, yeah. Have, have I mean, it's just trying to find what is the new normal almost. And, and what's it sort of? Uh, is, what's the, the longer lasting um, implications of it in terms of mobility and and is there other things that you are now <coughs> going to struggle with potentially, sort of longer term. Um, well, there's not really anything in paper, down in paper yet. They said it could be 12 months to 24 months before I actually figure out if there's anything ongoing. But there was uh, a fracture in my shoulder. So my left arm, I did have a bit of um, less mobility, mobility to it. Mm. But I've been doing like yoga and stuff at home and stretches and stuff, what the physio have given me, just to try and keep everything moving and stretching and get the movement back yeah. so how does calisthenics and and your sort of interaction with 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 those kind of where did that come come about and um and what does that look like i followed uh, ross edgley is it yeah mm. yeah I followed him and then i also followed sam oldham and i think i've seen that you guys with with them and so i followed you guys and then it's just come from that really but my my daughter is a gymnastics. Okay. She's she's doing really well with it, so I try and help her. And You're hoping to sort of be able to use a little bit of um, 
our style of training to help just carry on your carry on your recovery as as much as you can. Yeah, that's the plan. Really, it's just trying to move again. Do you know what I mean? And move the body. Obviously, I've been a joiner for twenty years. Yeah. So being a joiner, self-employed and stuff, you, you're doing a lot of moving and bending and lifting and stuff with the job. Yeah. So did you and see I've that? noticed... Oh, go on. You see, yeah, go on. Yeah, I noticed I thought I was back to normal. I went out to my van to clear my van out and I couldn't lift my toolbox up and bend round with it and put it down and stuff, just doing a normal thing, which I wouldn't even think about. Yeah. It was too heavy and I couldn't bend and move it and it was a bit, bit of a weird situation, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel that calisthenics, rather than going back to what you were doing before, is going to give you that that better sort of effectively for you? It's now about recovery and quality of life. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think so. Yeah. I think it's going to be better for my whole body and moving and getting the strength back. We um we talk a lot on our strap line is redefine your impossible. Um, for somebody who is coming from yeah. from your place of of having a, a really serious um accident. Um, you know that we we are our big thing is about trying to help people to do things that they don't think they can do and there's a real kind of like powerful light bulb moment when you do your first handstand or human flag or anything like that and it could even even be the first yeah. pull-up it doesn't need to be something super complicated what's that look like yeah. for you at the moment is, is there an impossible that you you feel is like kind of on the reach or does it doesn't feel like it's, um, it's uh, within within um the remit at the moment that you want to work towards I think the hardest thing at the minute is I really like time management because I know that even doing the school run, which is 10, 15 minutes, um, it tires me out and I'm sleeping for an hour after that. Yeah. So I've just got to do little and often as I can to build it back up again. Yeah. But um, I have managed to do a pull-up. I've set up a bar for my daughter because she struggles with her pull-ups. So I've set up a bar... So I've been doing, I managed to do three pull-ups the other day. So that was uh, quite good. Oh, <laughs> wow, that's yeah. Really good. Yeah. It's out, there was one thing that just from what I remember from my head injury of just fatigue, mate, of like, yeah, little things like going and doing something and just being absolutely knackered and having to go and sleep is what like, yeah. you just need to almost respect where you're at with that would be my advice and the advice that I yeah. got given. It was like, it will get better over time. But if you, yeah, when you feel like that, it's because you need to, you need to rest and you need to yeah. let it sort of recover. And maybe it's a sign that you like that activity, that thing that you did was maybe just a little bit pushing yourself a little bit yeah. too far and just use that as a bit of a, um, a bit of a barometer of like, um, am I doing a little bit too much or not? And that capacity to do more will, will improve i'm sure you've seen how much yeah. it's improved from where you are now compared yeah. to when you came out of out of hospital but um yeah the encouragement is that you know it will these things get better with time but it just can we just have to i, I think it's respect one, it yeah respect it's quite a difficult thing to do um yeah. and i always found it difficult of going i was like why am i so flipping tired it was one of from from a head injury point of view it was one of those things that they didn't have a you know the fractures that you described you know all those different fractures they've got x-rays to show you there's your fracture and you go okay yeah. we, we tend to respect the fracture because we go okay we know that like six weeks or whatever and then in the cast yeah. and this that then it's gonna and we just like let that process happen whereas with something that we can't see um it can be like that with like muscle tears and stuff sometimes that we don't really like 
respect it as much. We tend to try and push through some of those things. Um, yeah. I think that's that would be my um, encouragement, bearing in mind that I'm not a doctor. That's just from my personal no, no, experience no, and what the yeah. doctor said to me as well. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we absolutely wish you all the best with um with your rehab and your continued um progression back towards getting movement back in your life and, and getting your strength and stuff back. And and hundred percent please keep us like up to date and yeah. posted, tag us into stuff or or send us if you don't yeah. want to do it on, on public on social, like just um yeah, just send us through some stuff and um it'd be great to support you in any way that we can. But um appreciate the time that you've you've taken just to have a quick chat with us and tell your story. So thank you so much again for listening. We don't take it lightly that you uh, give up probably an hour of your time to listen to these podcasts. And we really do appreciate that. We hope you got a load of value out of it, guys. And we would, if you did, we would love you to do a couple of things for us. One of them is tell other people and share it if you thought that we were adding some value. And also, if you want to, pop over to iTunes or wherever you're listening to this and give us a five-star review. We like five stars. Four stars, not as good keep it five are the best five of your best stars please (laughs) and if you would like to find out more about the school of calisthenics and see the best of everything that we have got head over to our virtual classroom you can access it from the website at schoolofcalisthenics.com and that is where we have got literally possibly the best calisthenics resource available anywhere in the world definitely the best one we've done and on that note until next week class dismissed